This is Beyond the Fight, episode 17 or 18. I've lost count at this point because I just love doing this for fun. I'm your host, Andrew, and today I'm joined by one of the newest karate masters in the Kyokushin scene. I've had Sandro Ferron, who is a coach at TriStar, and I want to give a shout-out to him and my coach, Mohamed Chik, for help making this happen. I'm joined today by Sensei Junior Russo. What's up, Sensei? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime so. Big day, you know. You did your kick fit, got some uh, videos in. Yeah, I got my uh, my blood pumping a little bit there. It was in my first <laughs> class, so uh, I thought I'd sit down with you and uh, have a nice conversation. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Yep. I've uh, Mo and Sandro have spoken very highly of you. I consider them the last of the Mohicans, the OGs. Yeah, and I mean, I, these are two great men, great, great, great guys. Sandro, I've known for a long time. Mo, who I've seen in the, in the fight world, is one of the top, uh, I'd, I'd say worldwide. Mo's got world-class potential. On, world oh, class. yeah. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I'm going to sound a little biased here because, you know, he's my coach. But this one, I'm, even, like, when I'm uh, not around him and people hear, like, oh, you're with Mohammed, they're, like, they, they say great things about him. And, you know, I like kind of boosting him because, you Absolutely, know, he's such... Sure. A big like he's a not only a big name and he's very humble like you know if people saw Mo like you know he's uh, he he like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for his teachings and you know I wouldn't be meeting you Sandro and others so, and Justin too uh, shout out to Justin Mancini yeah, too another yeah, OG the juice. <laughs> the ju- that's his name the Juice well we call him the Juice yeah he's actually <laughs> supposed to come later on for because he's, he's uh, probably a candidate for Sandan his third day, third Dan Grady oh nice so he's supposed to be coming later on for Katas which are one of those Katas Justin's a fighter but at, at heart he loves fighting nonsense stop and uh he's gotta get those cats in but uh he's, he'll, he'll be here later on yeah so i wanted to ask you you know you're a fifth dan now you but you've been in karate for a long time what made you choose kyokushin karate over say taekwondo shotokan or any like kung fu or just boxing well you know what i started uh i, I started training when i was about 14 years old and uh, for me it was only weights that's all it was, was weight 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 i got fed up with that because i realized that i had friends of mine that were in taekwondo kickboxing muay thai judo the different styles and I tried quite a few of them. I did the Muay Thai, I did the Judo, I did Taekwondo a little bit. And I found Kyukshin for me was the only style that was complete in the sense that, you know, a lot of punches, a lot of elbow knees, a lot of roundhouse kicks, good, good low kicks, you know? And like yourself, I might be biased to Kyukshin to say that for me, it's, it's the best style because it's the most, for me, it's the style that enables you to use your kicks to their max. You know, if you're doing Thai boxing or uh, kickboxing, you gotta worry about the punches, so you, you can't really execute your kicks. I mean, that's just me. I, I tried different styles, I just I fell in love with Kyushin Karate. And I like the fact that you don't need to be uh, young, you don't need to be flexible, you, you can be solid and be devastating. Because I mean, I, I think usually when you're fighting, you gotta break the tree from the down, from the, from, 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 from the bottom up, as a, as, a, as a, you know, from the top to the bottom. So for me, Kyushin Karate was uh, a style that I tried years ago and I, I, I fell in love with it. I started Kyushin with uh, Marco de la Chopa, as a matter of fact, in Montreal on uh, St. Hubert. I've heard of that school. Yeah, I've heard of him. I was there for a long, long, long time. It took me nine years to get my black belt. Damn. So he didn't just hand it. Like, he didn't no. hand it. He makes you really earn you gotta it. You got to work for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 you know what? I thank him for giving me that fun, that, 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 that base because he's the one who taught me to train to the max, to train till you can barely breathe, to train to the point of throwing up. And I, I, I carry that with my students, all my students know. And I train with them. You know, like you saw before, I'm always in the line of fire. I don't like being there just yelling at people. I can't stand that. I got to sweat with them. I got to hurt with them. So if they see the sensei doing it, then they say, well, he's doing it. It's got to be good. You know, as opposed to some guys, they just yell at people and no. Because if I'm doing it, I want to see that you're doing it also. So yeah, sometimes I, I, I come out of here, I lose six, seven pounds per, per, per day. But I mean, listen, it's, it's what I love doing and that's it. 
Yeah, yeah it, it, I really see, I like that analogy, like being in the line of fire. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that commander in war. And yeah. that, that's what I respect about like the coach I have. And whether it's Sandro too, like Sandro even said, he's like, it's like whenever, he's like, whenever you do your next fight, he's like, I'd like to kind of be there too, you know? Sure, of course. And he says, you know, he's like, I'm not there to yell at you. He's like, I'm there to be with you. He's like, it's, it's not, I'm up here and you're below me. It's Absolutely like, we're not. equal. He's like, we're equal. He's like, cause I'm learning from you and you're learning from me. He's like, cause That's I right. need to learn what, same with most, same is what I see from you. You want to see what the student's strengths are, their weaknesses are, Absolutely. what their habits are, what their personality Absolutely. is. So no, definitely for sure. And I mean, you got two great guys, Sandro and Mo, uh, you can't go wrong. Sandro, I've known Sandro for a long time. We, same, same Kyukshin background. Um, I don't know when he started Kyukshin Karate, but he's been around for a long time also. Lots of fights and, uh, He's, uh, I think him and I and Mo are some of the, 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 the few that hold on to the old style and you know modern, modernize a little bit, try to keep up with the times and stuff like that. And we love training, you know, we love, and we love seeing people progress. For, for, at the end of the day, it's not the pay, it's, it's what you see, you know, what your students do when they go from nothing to being something. For me, that's, that's all the thanks we can get, I, you know? I see that too, I'm the same way with my English teaching, cause like, you know, like I have like some students that knew zero English, yeah. and they're still with me as their teacher when they could have chosen someone else, cause some days I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, but then I teach them and I'm like, I say to myself, okay, they're here, I'm gonna do the best I can, I'll make it fun for them, and I got messages from one of my students like who I've had for two years now, and every time I see him, like, I shouldn't have favorites, but you know, it happens, That's it happens, sure. it only yeah. happens. But when they message you and say, you're my favorite teacher, you know, I couldn't, get to this part if it wasn't for you you help me be better and that's, that's rewarding to you it's rewarding for to sure. you too and so that's what it beats the paycheck you know you don't care about the pay it's like for me like it's about your legacy you know what what do you want the end and goal to be absolutely. when you die absolutely you want to leave something good something great yeah, absolutely yeah like, i'm sure you've changed like i don't know maybe you've worked with like special needs kids too because i did i did I have, i've had a couple of students uh, parents that brought me kids who are you know on who are on meds and they say, no, my, my son or my daughter needs these meds because they can't focus without them. You know, they're, they're too agitated. And I tell the parents, I want you to bring me your kids like that, agitated. My goal is to get them to calm down. Because if they come with me on meds, then I don't have the true kid. And then I have the meds. That's not what I want. Bring them to me agitated as, as the way they are. And I'll, we'll find a way to fix it. We'll, we'll get them working. We'll get them sweating. And most times they walk out, just, they just want to sleep. Yeah. You know, because the, the meds are not going to help. I, I, I find... And this is just me speaking. Nowadays, they're, 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 they're too quick to say, okay, medication, medication. They're too quick. I mean, think about, I'm 45 years old, okay? I've, I've been around quite enough, long enough to know that back then, there wasn't this, these medications and all. It was just normal. A kid who's agitated is a kid. And that's just me thinking, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, oh, he's too agitated? He's, he's got something. He's ADHD or whatever it is. He ADHD is something. Why? Just he's a kid. It's it's normal. If they have that high energy, K, um, I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna paraphrase. I might butcher it. Ken Shamrock did a TED talk, and he said when he was in the. I'm sure you know the Shamrocks. Where he was adopted. He had yeah. a father. Yeah. The father was brilliant. If they're a high energy, high maintenance, they're agitated. Put them in sports, whether Absolutely. it's football, yeah, martial arts, need. and if they're creative, like they're more like quiet, you know, mellow. Put them in art. Put Absolutely, them in art. it's a different side of the brain, you know. If, and, and I don't know if, if, if you, you can probably test this, but most martial artists have a creative side, artistic, music. A lot of guys that do martial arts are either into music, into uh, poetry, uh, something. Uh, they use that side of the brain that is artistic. It's not the one plus one is two. It's the artistic side. I play music. I sing. I used to write songs. This is, these are things I've, I've done all my life. 
and martial art it just ties into it you know it really does like i do public speaking to like conquer my fear of like feeling insecure and judged and that's the my creative side you know i love reading i love watching movies there you go i love watching van damme and stallone movies i mean so i who doesn't I love, <laughs> come on i grew up you know how i found out about kyokushin was because of dolph lundgren yes. dolph lundgren was like my idol growing up yeah. like and then when like at first i did taekwondo because i got i got bit by the ufc bug late at yeah. ufc 189 and it wasn't the Conor Mendez fight. It was the Lawler-McDonald fight. And I love Robbie Lawler. That was the guy that said, I'm going to do this. Absolutely. And He's a great fighter. He is. And I got into Taekwondo, but I felt it was limited. And then I yes. came back to Kyokushin and I gave it a shot. And, you know, yeah. been doing it for the past two years. Yeah. At the end of the day, every martial art has their limitations. They have their flaws. Okay? Yeah. And, and listen, we, we won't lie. Kyokushin Karate lacks the face punches. Okay. We do. You know, and I've joined Kyokushin Can, I would say, oh my God, easily 10 years ago. And they started doing a tournament in Japan with the space punches, where it's basically an MMA fight minus the strike, minus the grappling. So they're wearing little, little gloves and there's, there's face punches, there's head kicks, there's a whole nine yards. The moment you connect, you get a half point. You know, they're trying to get to more street oriented fighting because at the end of the day, Kyokushin Karate, that's our flaws is that we don't have face punches. And at the end of the day, if you're in a fight, Face punch is what you need. Exactly. You know? Yes, we do have strong low kicks, good body punches. We, we can take a beating from the neck down, but can we take a punch to the face? No, it's always the most That's sensitive. That's the thing. So, you know, we, we, we started working with that. And then you have, uh, I have to say though, would you say though, this is going to sound kind of biased, you know, some say, oh, Muay Thai has the best low leg kick, but I think Kyokushin is the one that perfected it more than Muay Thai. You know, Muay Thai is known for the low kicks, okay? You know, kicking the banana trees and all that stuff. They, they're, they're strong with their low kicks. Um, would I say Muay Thai is stronger than Kyokushin? The only reason why I don't think so is because, like I said before, when you're fighting with somebody and you gotta stay away because of the face punches, you're, you can't really execute your low kicks like you want to. Whereas in Kyokushin, low kicks come out every two seconds. It's just nonstop, pop, pop. You're always throwing. So if you're always repetitively throwing low kicks nonstop, because there's no fear of being, being punched in the face, so you're gonna throw those kicks more often. So as opposed to throwing kicks a thousand times, in Muay Thai, you'll throw maybe a hundred times. Just because of you know that distance, that's and that's my philosophy. I think you know. I mean, Kyushin, we're known for low kicks because a lot of our guys get knocked out that way. Low kick, separate the muscle, you go down. You know, there's head kicks also. Yeah, obviously. But I, I, my personal opinion, I think you shouldn't have sprung low kicks. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you've watched Israel Adesanya. Yeah. The, the, he was on Rogan's podcast, and, and not this, the one that was recent, but the last one, mm-hmm. the one kid was, like, uh, still coming up. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I fought an Australian Kyokushin champion, and he said getting those leg kicks was like getting hit in the leg with a mace, like an iron Absolutely. steel mace. We put weight behind their kicks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yes. It's like a lumberjack, you know, yeah. just chopping it, chopping it. It's like the same with Douglas Lima, too, one of the best low leg kickers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even Valentina Shevchenko now, like Absolutely, Taekwondo yeah. Muay Thai, but she for sure has done Kyokushin. If you watch the way Valentina goes in for that low kick, mm-hmm. she's done some form of Kyokushin. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And I think also, I think a lot of the, the, the upcoming fighters, a lot of the UFC fighters who have that Kyokushin background, uh, like yourself, you know, it's the fighting spirit. In Kyokushin, we, the fact that we stand there toe to toe with somebody, bare knuckle, bare shin, and you're just lacing away punch for punch, for, for punch kick for kick, you, uh, at one point, your body decides, listen, I'm done. But it's your mind, it's your heart that gets you go, that gets you through it. Because you can only take so many low kicks, you can only take so many punches. But your brain is what tells you, I'm gonna go till I die. And a lot of Kyokushin fighters, they have that philosophy and they take that into the MMA world. You know, so a lot of the guys that, and I, I, Justin, Justin is a kickboxing, boxing, Kyokushin, and he'll tell you today, Kyokushin is his, is his love. 
He's done boxing, he's done kickboxing, he's done everything. He's done jujitsu, he's still doing jujitsu now. And take away Kyukshin, and he's done. Loves, loves that he can, he can, he'll kick and punch all day, all night, all year. Forever. I've heard stories where like where he warms up, he does it for thirty minutes and like alone, he just does like the like the the shadow boxing until yep. he feels like he's even breaking a sweat, and then he's like, okay, I'm ready, and he Absolutely. doesn't sweat. It's, he doesn't even stretch. Like uh, nope. everyone just does it. He's like and like everyone who knows Justin has said, you have to see this guy warm up. It's Absolutely. like a thing. It's like a thing of beauty. I have to stop him prior to tournaments when we go fights for tournaments. He's he's running around now. He's calmed down quite a bit, but he will warm up till he's sweating and then jump in the ring and demolish his opponents. You know. And he's he's a he's a hard hard worker. Justin works really hard. If you could compare him to any MMA fighter, you would say like because I like to kind of like look at comparisons, not too much, but what their style is like. You know, a certain fighter it could be any from any era. It could be it doesn't have to be in UFC. It could be in Bellator. Like if okay, you, Justin's yeah. uh, method of training, his um, his his aggression. Clay Guida has a he has a style where he just comes out like an yeah. animal. He's like, da, da, da. And Clay, to, 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 talk, to, to, to knock him out, you have to kill him. He's the kind of guy you have to hit him in the head with a baseball bat. Otherwise, he's going to keep on coming. And Justin's the same way. Justin will not stop. Justin, once he starts, he's a machine. He goes and goes. He can go on forever. Just to give you an idea, we, we do these, these challenges with the dojo here. We did a, um, the challenge, the Olympic Stadium Challenge, where it's four-kilometer run, and then you have 950 steps to the tower, the top of the tower. So we had gone with a team, we're about 15 from here. We're, there's about maybe six, 700 competitors. So we got there, and just to give you an idea of how Justin's uh, hardworking, I, we got there and he says, he goes, says, he goes uh, so we're gonna do this. I go, yeah. I go, you need to place top three. Out of 805 people, you need top three. So just the fact that I told him he needed top three, he came, I think, third out of all 600 people. And this is simply running and we're running upstairs. There's no fighting, there's no push-ups. it's running. It's not our world, we, we're fighters. But we did the running challenge. And the fact that I told him top three, he put in his head, I gotta make top three. And he beat runners who run every day. He beat them, he beat them up the stairs, and he made top three. It's just his mentality. When your mentality is the right place, the rest of it just follows. Takes care of itself, like, you know, Absolutely. that's what habits, like, you know, like, uh, like I've seen uh, some of the other fighters I've seen, like I've seen Artem, Artem, he's one of your students. Arthur, too. yes. Arthur, is it Arthur or Artem? Because he goes by... Uh, I call him Artie. Artie? Okay. Arthur, yeah. He's a tall, uh, yeah. yellow belt. Russian. Yeah, he's those Russians, man. Like, Russians, like, changed the game of Kyoko shit. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like, you had the Feitozas, you had the Andy Hoog, you had the San... The Fijos, and then the Russians just came in, like, Kurbanov, and then all these unknown, and they, they just turn the game upside Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Uh, Russians are hard workers. Hard, hard workers. What is your take on them? You know, you've seen it all. What are your take? What's your philo- What's your views of the Russians since they've invaded this Kyokushin scene now? The Russians, uh, what I like about them is they have a job to do. And they're going to do that until, they're going to go whatever they have, to, they have to do until they get that job done. I have a lot, a lot of Russian students here and their mentality, they have a thing that davai, davai, davai means go, go, go. And I see it in them here. I'm not Russian, I'm Italian. So, one of my, my black belts, uh, Senpai Sadge, he's a big Russian guy called the Russian Bear. When he's working out and I see that he's starting to fade away, he's hitting the bank, he's starting to lose, lose that energy. Whatever Russians in the dojo, when I say Davai, something happens and they just, they just pick it up. They go find that, I don't know if it's embedded in their system from when they were kids or what it is, but they hear that word Davai, Davai, they just start and it looks like they're about to fade away. You say Davai, they just pick up and they start lacing into the bag. It's, they find that, that energy. It's like that inner customato where like he hypnotizes Tyson if you hear and he's like, You don't exist, the task exists and they just Absolutely they just like they, they get those like shark eyes where they just like go white and they just go 
like uh, they go they go and and i see it and sometimes i, I look at them and i was like okay they're they're about to go and i just try it come on davai and at the moment i say davai sampai sergey got another sampai cuba these are all my russians they stand and they just find that energy from somewhere and they just start like they're, they're fresh like they're brand new it just happens i, I think the russians have a, a work ethic that's above and beyond anything that we're used to. And it's funny now because now they're slowly coming to the tournaments like that are international. Yep. And it takes a lot to get them to come. Like every time like uh, another organization, like they say, oh, we're getting the Russians. Everyone gets excited, but they don't come. But the, because I guess they want to really see like what's going to be there. But I mean, yeah. if there's like a say, let's say you're fighting. Let's say Justin's fighting. Let's say Mo's fighting. Let's say like one of Mo's friends who are very good, they're fighting. They're going to come. And they and they and they're gonna test it to see who's really like uh, absolutely. Man- I actually, it's, uh, there's a picture somewhere there. I had this is uh, when I fought in Japan in 2000, I believe. Yeah, this was in 2000, and he was one of the Russian trainers of all of Russia. Evgeny, I'll never forget it. He was 10 pounds lighter than me, but an ox, an ox. I gave him everything I had, and he just wouldn't go down. He's just that, a machine. Has that poker face, just as like exactly. He was hurting at, at the end of the fight. I, he could. He, he barely made it for the. This was, I think, the top sixteen worldwide. And had I beat him, I would have made top sixteen. But we ended up going to scale, and he beat me mm. on the scale, which hurts. But he was exact ten pounds lighter, so he won the fight. But solid, solid. He's got that Russian mentality, and he he trained all of the Russians. They were machines. The Kurbanov, uh, exactly. Darman Sadanos. I, I get the name wrong, but that's uh, then there's Emilianenko, there's Emiler, there's Emirenko. There's a ton of ton they, of Russian. They're fighters. coming out. Oh, even oh it's yeah. like they're just taking over now, and you know, Osipov like and those guys. And, oh. It's 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 a good it's really good right now what's going on in Kyokushin and I think what's good too like you see with the K the Kyokushin World Union yep. and IKO like three which you're in I think that's Kyokushin. no I'm Kyokushin Ken with uh, Kancho Royama okay yeah and they're part of the K the K yes okay yes 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 we were at the, in a tournament in in Australia no sorry it was in Budapest in Hungary when I I brought uh, Sampai Justin and Sampai Pat and Sampai Pernell was with me also and uh, that was part of the, the KWU it was we were about five hundred fighters per division. Full contact. It was massive, massive, massive. And there was there was all the organizations. The IFK was there. Uh, Shin Kyushin was there. Kyushin Can was uh, was uh, uh, predominant there. There was uh, tons, tons of organizations. Yeah, the guy I fought, uh, the heavyweight I fought was from IFK. Contact okay. Kicks. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Vlaming. Shout out to Steve Fogarassi yes, and uh, Marshall Wayblog. Yeah, very. Super nice, like he, it's like one hard fight, but man, I learned a lot about myself because like I learned how to cut weight properly. Yes, but I learned from him how to fight a heavyweight properly. Yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. I will never talk trash about another fighter because no. you have to appreciate the fact that they're taking time out of their day to uh, fight you. Like the last guy I fought was Vincent Michaud's uh-huh. guy. I think his name, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like after the fight, like even though I won second place, he won first. It's okay. not about, you know, coming in first, no, second, or third. It's that's, about, that's the great thing about Kyushin Karate yeah. is we're all in it for the same thing. Yeah. We all help each other, you know, like at the end of the day, we, you make friends worldwide. You know, guys that you fought, after you finish pounding each other for, for nine minutes straight or six minutes, whatever it is, how do you have any animosity against a guy? You dance, you can't. You shake hands, you have a beer at the end of the night, and you, you make so, so, so many bonds, you know? Exactly. Like I have Vincent like on social media. I'm never gonna say anything bad. Like I message him sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know, I just learned a lot from him because even him and his guy after I fought, like they they gave me some good pointers. And yeah. you have to look at that. You can't look at it as he's my enemy. He's my no, rival. No, like, no, 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 no. This isn't this isn't the UFC. This isn't nope. MMA. Like, and I remember when I was in the tournament too. Maybe you've seen this. The one problem that I have with like a lot of coaches too is like they like sometimes in a fight they'll be like, "What would Connor do? What would George?" Do? You can't say that in a fight. You have to like. 
be stoic. You have to like yeah. know how to you can't compare. This is not every fighter is different. Yeah. Every fighter's got their strong points or weak points, you know. Uh, you need to find what works for you and work that to the bone. I teach my guys, listen, we're gonna take one technique, for example, the low kick. We're gonna work that low kick for hours and hours until your low kick is devastating. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe your thing is a left hook, you know, in Japanese kakasuki. Maybe that's your that's your, your thing, you know? Whatever works for you, find that and work it to the bone. Because you can't be like the person next to you. No. You understand? Every fight is different, you know? My, my forte is low kicks and hooks. I, that's what I love to do. I'm not a drop kick kind of guy. I'm not a head neither. kick. I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not a roll kick. Justin is roll kick. Roll kick is phenomenal. He's got a, a highlight reel of roll kicks uh, like crazy. Mike Tyson posted it on his wall not, uh, about a year ago. That's, that's that specific roll kick, you know? So you find what works for you and you work to the bone. And I'm sure Mo has done that with you. I'm sure Mo has given you tools and said what's, what's you know, what he sees in you, what works. And he's gonna keep working that, you know? Exactly, like he is, sometimes we joke around, you know, like I like to say like, you know, cause he's very stoic. If you know the comparison of like Street Fighter, like he's Ryu, very like quiet, stoic. And I'm like, can I kind of like, I'm more of the talker. I like kind of having the pizzazz, the flash. So okay. that's, how, that's how the kind of relationship him and I have. But overall, great coach, like he always tells me, he's like, this is like who I want you to model yourself after. He's like, I want so, you to watch these fighters. So for example, like he says, like you remind me of a Nick Diaz cause you keep coming. You have that pace, like you just don't, give in you're just gonna still keep standing there and like hitting until like you can't give it yeah it's like you're kind of like mike perry and robbie lawler because you like being in the pocket and the pressure he's like that's, that's so he's like i want you to watch those guys and build up your conditioning and then he's like when it's go time he's like that's that's where uh where yeah it's at, no for so. sure definitely so that's yeah, no, uh, no, for sure definitely it's uh, it's the kushin world is um uh what i love about kushin is that you have fighters from all walks of life and you see things progressing and modernizing every time you know like we're, i'm always studying fighters seeing what they do and what's the next big thing and the angling and the this and that my days the fighting was stand face to face to face and just locate punches straight bah, 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 it was like that now there's the angles there's the fakes there's the uh, lift the knee left hook there's all these these it's just getting modern and modern and if you don't stay with it you're gonna lose your fighters. Exactly. What's uh, who's one fighter that you like watching? Whether it's in UFC, Bellator, Glory, or One FC. So MMA, we're talking. Anything. It could be kickboxing and uh, MMA. You could have. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you uh, have. In, in the MMA world, I like. Um, I keep forgetting his name. He's got a beard. Uh, oh my god. Um, I I lost touch with the MMA world a long time ago. You know what? <laughs> I used to watch it often when it was sporadic. When it was once every six months. Yeah. It was an event. The boys got together. So now it's every weekend there's something, you know, and, and there's so much going on. And, and my life, as, as you, you might know, is so busy. Yeah. I don't have time to watch TV. I'm, I'm here at the dojo day in, day out, my day job and everything. So um, they call him the predator. Naganu, the black guy? The... No, 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 no. He's got a beard. He fought George St. Pierre, as a matter of fact. Um, they, they both got busted up. His name slips me right now. It'll come to me. Yeah. It'll come to me. <laughs> he's got a beard. He's a lanky guy. He's got this this odd style. Uh, there was like I know all of GSP's opponents. There was Johnny Hendricks. There was there was Carlos Condit. There you go. Oh, that's you. Carlos like? Condit. Carlos Condit. That's who I like. Natural born killer. Yeah. The natural born killer. Sorry. That, that exactly. I like his style. I like his 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 calmness. You know. I like his. He's like he's like he 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 doesn't come out aggressive calm and he moves like 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 a cat you know just easy easy that's what i like 
And I, I find when I work out, I'm like that. I'm not flashy, I'm not gonna move around a lot. I come in slowly, and when it's time, I strike, you know? I like him, I guess, if, if, if anything. That's a good... That's and a good Robbie best. Lawler. Robbie Lawler, I like a lot. Everyone loves Robbie. I mean, Absolutely. It, it's sad to say because, you know, like, I was kind of cheering for Rory, but when I just watched Robbie, when he spat out that blood against Rory and, like, you just gave him that stare down, I'm like, that's my guy. That's yeah. My, that's that's my guy. Like, I'm going to, like, work. Like yeah. I mean, obviously, I like the George St. Pierre's, obviously. Because George St. Pierre is the nicest guy you'll ever meet, sweetheart of a guy, and he'll he'll take... Anytime, whatever he's doing, he'll take time out of his, to shake your hands. He's just, oh my God, phenomenal. But he's the obvious guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to find somebody a little yeah, more. Yeah, we, we got to be creative here because like, like, then you hear everyone's like GSP, GSP. Yeah, exactly. Wanna. That's right. For, for me, um, it's John Jones, whether people love him or hate him. I just yeah. love the way he, he, he's an outlier. He's the LeBron James, I say Michael Jordan of MMA. That's okay. the, that's the it guy. And yeah. then I'd say it's Gegard Mousasi, who not many people know. He's in Bellator now, but Mousasi has that Dutch... Kicks, kickboxing style with yeah. some Kyokushin yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'd even say Izzy Adesanya the latest True. champion he's just like he's such a like he brings you out of your seat it's not like a Connor where it's like Connor like brings that trash talking but Izzy does have that mouth yeah. but he backs it up with like that kickboxing style and you're Absolutely. like this guy is like a specialist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I think I, the, 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 the drawback that I take from MMA is that that trash talk you know I'm, I'm Kyokushin at heart you know I'm, I'm we, we've competed against different uh, gyms that are their 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 four days MMA, and it's got a different vibe. You know, it's Kyushin, as you know, it's very humble, very respectful, and you walk in the door, oh, stuff like that. And that's the thing that, that, that what I what I take away from from MMA that I don't like is that you know it gets boring after, and then it's, it's too kinda, much. It's, yeah. it's like it's normal. You know, this is it, I, I get it, it's the hype of the fight. Like Conor McGregor's got the gift of gab. He can talk and he'll sell tons of tickets just with his attitude. You know. But I find that MMA became that. It became that business, you know? That WWE pro wrestling. Yes. And it kind of ruined it after even he left because, you know, say what you want. He did elevate the sport, but the drawback is everyone is going to be a trash talker now and it takes away the respect of what martial arts is. And a big, a big uh, testament to that is the boxing fight. You've seen that, right? Some of them. I'm more of an MMA guy, but I'm slowly... But I'm saying the get... Conor McGregor fight in boxing, yes, I guess yes, yes, you yes, saw Floyd, it, right? Yeah, we all did. So... I mean, listen, everyone's got their opinion of what happened there. Everyone's got their opinion of was it a real fight? Was it? Everyone's got their stories, you know? For me personally, and this is always me alone, I got fished into that. You know, I saw that and the hype, it came and get me too. You know, I, I, I'm Kyukshin and, and I, I, I gotta watch this fight. Whether it's, you know, whether it's bullshit or whatever it is, I, I gotta watch this fight. I, have, I, have no, I gotta watch it. The hype was so big that I gotta see what happens. And after the first five minutes of the fight, I was like, oh. I realized it. It was done. Exactly. Made his money. They made their money, and that's 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 where it ends. That's exactly. And then you know he was off for like two years, and he came back, and now he's like taking another year off, and now he's claiming I'm coming back. Yeah. But I mean, it's like it's like the sport doesn't need him now. There's other guys that have that's picking right. up There's that tons, mantle. Tons of guys, yeah. So another thing I want to ask you is, uh, you said you like being in the line of fire with Absolutely. your guys. What's your philosophy of kumites? Like when you go in there and when you have your 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 top students that are competing, what's your philosophy of going into a fight with them. You mean what what do I want them to how, how I want them to perform? Yeah. What's their 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 their, yes. their what I, I want them to do? Yes. It depends. It depends who I've got fighting. So I've got guys like uh, Justin, I've got the Ronco brothers who started up at a young age. I've got the Adam Wiltzer. These these are all guys that had since they were like four or five years old, now are 20, 22, 23. So in the time that they were growing up, I start I I've mold them in a way that they can perform because I know what they can do best. 
And um, so when we walk into a tournament, for example, uh, Justin, when he's fighting, Justin's at a level now where he's self-trained. Justin knows what works for him. He knows what the, what's, the, what's his forte. My job as a, as a teacher is just to make sure that he doesn't forget these things. Because sometimes when you, when you walk into a tournament, you know, and you see different fighters, you sort of see, okay, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing this. So you're gonna forget about what you do and you're gonna start mimicking them. Not, not intentionally, unintentionally. So my job is, okay, remember, stay basic, work that low kick, work that hook. So Justin's has a devastating punch. His punches are devastating. He's got a good spinning heel kick. He's got that roll kick, obviously. So what I do is I get in his mind. I try to, I try to talk to him and say, no, no, okay, uh, whatever, if he's doing something that's working, you know, every time they, they, they low kick, we yell. So that like gives that hype. Okay, that's working. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Because as a coach, you'll see things that as a fighter, you don't see. Because sometimes, you know, you've got that tunnel vision where you're fighting, fighting, fighting. And you think this is working, but I, from, from my side, see something else is working. Because I see the, the, the winces, I see the, the, the you know, things that you don't see. So the philosophy from my guys when we go into, into battle is stick to basic, stick to the basic thing. Don't give out everything at the beginning. Don't walk out into the, into, into the, into, on the tatami and just give everything right away. Feel a little bit of your opponent. I always tell my guys, first 10, 15 seconds, see what they got. Are they strong? Is it gonna hurt you? If you feel that their power is too much, then you need to perform. But if you can handle what they're giving you, bring them to where you want, slowly. Slowly, slowly. And if you see there's an opening earlier, take it. I got a good fight is that roll kick that he got against, the, I forgot his name, and there was a good goal cut. We had fought this guy three weeks before prior in Rochester. He knocked him out a roll kick. It was, was one, of, one of Vincent Michaud's guys from that dojo. And he, he knocked him out a roll kick, so we went to a gold cup three weeks later, ended up fighting him again. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, the roll kick's not gonna work now because it worked three weeks ago. He knows what's gonna happen. Exactly. Fighters know, like they, your opponents but, are studying That's you. right, but Justin landed anyways. Literally 30 seconds in, bang, hit him again. Knocked him out cold with that same kick. So something that I might think is gonna work, he might think it might not work, so vice versa. So as a coach and as a, as, a, as a fighter, there is that rapport. You have to know your fighter well. You know, guys like Adam, like Andrew, like Sergey, like uh, Dino Ronk, these guys, I know it works for them, but they're not there yet. They're not just in level yet. So they don't know exactly. Some, sometimes they'll, they'll do what they think is good, but I see something else. Justin knows, so he's at a whole different level, you know? So it depends the fighter you have in front of you. They really, we really need to have that in Kyokushin because they, we just put these guys in and say, okay, your fighting spirit will do this. But there's levels to this game. Absolutely, There's yeah. so many levels. Like you say, there's Justin, there's Mo, like even Mo's brother, like, like you know, shout out to Ashmi. Like, like those guys are like, they, they've been bred in, in fire, basically. Yeah, they basically. know they know what's up, like, you know. And then like when you have those guys, those upstarts coming in on the full contact, thinking they're gonna win first place easy, they're gonna put on a show. There's always gonna be those OGs there to like to level the playing field. Yeah. So, I mean, guys like Mo and Justin, they they set the bar high. So, and a lot of the young guys are thinking, I'm gonna go get that. Yeah, but you know what? You gotta work your way up there because these guys got there not overnight. They got there by losing and losing. Justin lost a lot of his fights at the beginning. We never gave up. Justin never. He says, I don't give a fuck. He's gonna keep going. He never gave up, and don't boom, they started winning, and now he's unstoppable. I had that mentality too, cause like at first, like when I was fighting, like I was kind of like getting letting people's opinions affect me, and then luckily, like Mo took me aside and he's you like, can't. he's like, don't let it. He's like, these are spectators for a reason. He's like, yeah. they are not there with you. He's like, they are not like. For example, one of my sparring partners, Kevin uh, Pelletier, like mm -hmm. was in the crowd, but he was 
kind of like in there with me too and mo was there too like they're those guys are in the fire with you they're not spectators like those are your no. family they're there with you yep. but the ones who are watching on a chair and then they tell you okay you know, know they, they don't, don't know, know shit they don't know what it's like to train they've never been in a gym they don't no. know what it's like coming in when you don't want to come in like there were times in minus 30 weather when i was getting my green belt yeah i was gonna say fuck this yeah, and absolutely. then I got that push to say, you know what? I'm this close to getting that green belt, and then Mo will be my full time teacher. Absolutely. So. If you're if you're in a tournament, and you're watching a fight, like, why is he kicking? You know what? You stand there and take a couple of low kicks, see what that feels like, and then try to perform. It's a different thing. Being on the sideline watching, yeah, but he's not punching enough. Yeah, but you know what? He's exhausted. Yeah, but he's not using his legs. His legs are dead. You know, it's one thing on the side saying, like, but he didn't do this, didn't do that. Yeah, but were you there? So. Us guys, myself, Mo, Sandro, we've been there. We know what it's like. We know the feeling of taking a low kick where your leg is numb, where you can't kick anymore. So you gotta adapt with other stuff. A, a guy on the, on, the, on the outside, he's saying, oh, okay, but he's not kicking. Yeah, but you know, you, you, you've, ne you've never been there. You don't know what it's all about. So you can't have a coach who's never fought. You have to have a coach who's been in the line of fire. There's a lot of guys, like I had a lot of friends like who were like kind of like being giving too much of their opinions, but they mm -hmm. didn't really understand it. Like no. they're looking at it on a screen, they're looking at it from a spectator standpoint and you know like they could say oh this is like and even if they say oh you want a participation trophy it's not a participation trophy if you get up at 8 a.m to go fight and you're waiting to have your name called and you're not getting paid for it, it takes a lot it of takes balls. balls big time just showing up is massive massive like as like you know listen the the, the execution game is guts it takes guts because you don't know what's gonna happen you can get knocked out jaw broken easily takes nothing so you got to stand there and we're talking bare knuckle bare shin bone on bone it's painful even the day after, the, you're not walking even semi-contact too like absolutely. my leg hit absolutely my leg hit vincent's guy kicked my leg up so bad like i was like it like i had someone helping me like arm to arm just walk around yeah. after i'm sorry i say full contact because that's all yeah, i ever did yeah, i never did semi-contact so i don't know but my i have a lot of guys do semi-contact but yeah absolutely a punch in the, in the ribs it's it takes it takes everything out of you this is where the spirit comes out. This is where your training, your philosophy and training, if you tr drill hard, the training always has to be harder than the fight. All the time. That's the reward. All the time. My training here has to be above and beyond anything you've ever experienced. So when you get to the tournament, it's gotta be hard. But what you did in the gym has to be 10 times worse than what you're doing on the floor. Yeah, I'm doing, like, I'm doing like battle ropes and I have to do hard sparring. Always, with always, like, always, yeah. With one of Mo's guys, mm -hmm. and even like sparred with Mo, man. It felt like I was going up against a fucking oh, yeah. skyscraper he doesn't move he doesn't move he and he plays with you he doesn't yeah, he, does. he doesn't get any even if you're a student he he doesn't he, like, it's like he it's like his guys work you man like Absolutely. they they do not fuck around like even Artie like I I never sparred with Artie but he's a hard hitter Artie. I've seen Artie hit a bag and it's like he's got that Russian like yeah. strength man and flexibility too baby. I'm impressed with that. I, can, I, can, I, I have a hard time with that. And I'm like, Artie, what's like, are you doing some yoga? And he's like, yeah, no, yeah, he's, like, he's I'm, flexible, yeah. He's got that gene, man, because like, yeah. that's why Kyokushin's great for those who have like bad hips. Absolutely, or, like, absolutely. I love Kyokushin. At the end of the day, for me, Kyokushin is, oh my God, yeah, I love it. If I ever get a tattoo, I'm going to get the kanji. Like, absolutely. Uh, like, like, like all guys. <laughs> we all have that. You have it. So I wanted to ask you, this is something that Sandro told me. He told me the story about the tournament that you were about to fight him in. And he gave his side of the story where like, you know, like there was like a Shian that was kind of like stirring up some uh, drama. Yeah. See, I, I left uh, Kyokushin, my old school, years ago uh, for whatever reasons that, you know, whatever happened there. And I met up with another teacher uh, in the East End. 
And uh, so I met up with him, you know, he, he goes, oh, you're a black belt, blah, blah, blah. So he tested me out. I knocked out one or two of his guys and he figured out, yeah, this, this guy's a black belt. Give me a black belt. So we were in the in, in, in the kitchen scene, you know, we were going to a gold cup, we were going all over the place fighting, and I was a heavyweight. And I had won the US heavyweight championship in the US. Uh, I don't remember how long ago that was, whether it was Sean Randolph James, there was uh, Eric Mercado, these are guys from the US, big guys. I was always the lightest of the heavyweights. Borderline, 185, 190, except for Japan. Japan, it was 210. So I had heard of this guy, Sandro, but it was just like, oh, Sandro Ferranti. I didn't know who he was. You know, he was a fighter from, from, from different dojos, and we were uh, doing our tournament. We never ended up meeting, okay? And apparently, from what I heard, was that my old teacher, uh, he left my old, my old teacher's school and moved into another dojo, and my teacher had a problem with that. He had a problem with Sandro. So he was saying, you know, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna go to the tournament. And he told me about this guy. He goes, if ever we meet this guy, you gotta kill him. I had no idea who he was. You know, I'm, I'm easy, the easiest kind of guy you'll ever meet. So I said, okay, whatever. It's a fight's a fight for me, you know? So um, we went to a tournament and I think he was there. I don't know what happened. We are a different division, whatnot. We didn't end up fighting. So then I meet Sandro years later on. And uh, I don't remember where it was where we met, started talking, ta 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 ta. So he actually came to my dojo. We were talking, or it was uh, one of his, I, I graded one of his, his black belts, Guillaume, to, uh, to a black belt. We started talking, talking, talking. So he was telling me, yeah, I remember I heard about you that apparently, you know, you and I were supposed to fight. And he, he thought I hated him. He's like, you, yeah, you had a thing against me. And I go, I hated you. I didn't even know who you were. So it, it was just a thing where the coaches were, had their situation and using the fighters as bait. They it's were like using the pawns. fighters. They're playing chess. They're trying yeah. to play a game of chess, basically. So, and I said, I go, Sandro, I go, I didn't know who you were. I didn't. You know, I go, for me, if you were in tournament, if you were my opponent, I was going to fight you like an opponent. So I go, so I told him straight, I go, no, I had nothing against you. I, I didn't know who you were. Uh, maybe you thought that I had something against you, whatever, but it wasn't the case. I mean, at the end of the day, we, we sat down, we laughed about it. We're like, wow, this is stupidity. We shook hands and we're like good. We're like brothers nowadays. It's uh... yeah. He speaks very highly of you. Even like I mean, like the guys that I respect the most in the Kyokushin game are guys like Sandro, you, because you're taking time out of your day, you know, to speak with me about this. Mo, who's like a brother to me. Uh, I know it sounds biased, but like Mo really like changed my life. Like you know, I was like uh, I was very. I was like I was very impulsive. I was going through like a lot of shit mentally, and you know, I was making very rash, impulsive decisions. And Mo was like. It was like the realest friend I had that really like sat me down and said like, Stay "What's going Mo. on?" Stick to him. He's, he's gonna take you places. And he really opened like my like my mind up to good things. You know, the guys he has around him, those Lamar guys, they're like mm -hmm. my family. Steph Marcotte too. When I went to his tournament, like Steph is like, he's another Shian that I think doesn't get enough respect that he deserves because he's just such a gentleman. And you know, when I went yeah, to his Steph tournament, Marcotte is a good guy. We were together actually, Kyukshin Ken. Really? Until he left to another organization. Yeah. But now the Lamars joined Kyukshin. So the Lamars are with us now. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, so I heard something about it's it. Getting it was... big. Kyukshin Khan is getting big. Yeah. And, but with Mo, you can't go wrong. No. So you got a good guy there. Uh, same with Marcotte too. Like Marcotte, like, if you ever need anything, let Absolutely. me know. Absolutely, yeah. Stefan Marcotte's uh, a good guy. He doesn't get enough respect. I mean, like, obviously, you know, there's drama in the community. And, you too know, much of it. It's too much. And the politics. You got to stop, you know. Like, it's yeah. like guys like you, Steph, Sandro, like, there needs to be that mutual respect. Like you just said now, Steph's a great guy. I think he's a great guy. He came yeah. up to me after my fight and he's like, that was one of the best fights I've ever seen. He's like, you got your green belt this week? I was like, yeah. And he's like, you fought a brown belt this week? I was like, yeah. He's like, takes guts. He's yeah, like, absolutely. he's like, I like that. He's like, I like that. And he was like, you yeah, have so a- Yeah, Stefan Cut and me were like brothers. Damn. You know, it happened, I mean, we separated the organization. Yeah. It wasn't the thing of him and I, we're still good friends. He just decided, you know, to go one way and I stuck to Kyushin Khan. 
But at the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference what no. organization you're from. We both do Kyukshin. We, uh, you know, Maoshi is a Maoshi, a Maigiri is a Maigiri. It makes no difference. I welcome anybody into my dojo. I've got guys from, uh, my God, Shin Kyukshin that come in and all organize. I'm, I'm one of the last few guys, the few guys who, mind you, besides uh, Sanjo and, and, and Mo, we don't care what organization you're from. No. You want to train? You want to have a good time? Come in. I don't exactly. care. It doesn't make a difference to me. Enough of this, like, if you wear this kanji, you're not part of it. Like, I mean, stupidity. It's stupidity. I'm not going to, I don't want to give names here, but like, when I got like mine embroidered, I got into so much shit for that. And I think that's bullshit because, you know, it's like, what is this? It's like a tribal mentality or something. It's like, I train Kyokushin. I don't care if it's a Kyokushin kan, a shin. I'm an, I'm the original with like the original kanji. That's what I have tattooed yeah, on me. Not exactly. literally, but that's what I have. So it's like, and that's what caused me to like become kind of like a nomad you can say no yeah 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 yeah. no and stick to that stick to you love kyukshin stick to that and don't listen to anybody else but mo trust me you got a good guy listen to mo what he tells you mo is he's gonna guide you in the right place i really feel that i mean like i have like you know like even sandro and even you've like offered to help too which is great absolutely it's that good trifecta you know and i mean like it's not about like you know like i want to get my like like i'm kind of like that um I have like that mentality of like when I get to something like and I obsess about it it's like uh, it's like I want to do it but most kind of like that custom auto where he's like he was able to shut me off mm-hmm. you know like because I because like I got my green belt in a short time and then I had to do my fight in a, a short time and Mo's like calm down he's like you just got yeah nervous. everything has its, its yeah. place in time in time slowly yeah. slowly do you think that's a problem too where people want to rush it and then they're like and then they're like oh I'm not happy anymore you know? listen a lot of guys walk into a dojo thinking they're gonna get their black belt like this because they just want that black belt they just want that aesthetic open quotes they just i want to be a black belt yeah but being a black belt and having a black belt two different things you can own a black belt i own a black belt or you can be a black belt my guys don't own black belts they are black belts the guys that walk in just for the black belt they just want to wear a black belt so my a lot of the guys that i train like my wife for example who teach my classes now it took her same amount of time, eight years to get a black belt. It's not given to you, it's earned. So a lot of the guys that I've got that were four years old, now are 22, are still here, it's because they're it's in, it's in them. It's not just a black belt, you understand? So some guys come in, they get their black belt, they disappear. Why? Because it's not, they're not true Kyukshin black belts. They're just, they just want the, the status. Mm. I own a black belt. Yeah, yeah, but are you a real black belt? Exactly. Like for me, like for a black belt means to me, like I've told everyone this that knows that I do Kyokushin, like I want to get my black belt, but then I want to use it to like teach Kyokushin to special needs kids. Share like, what you know. I want to really, cause like, you know, I know what it's like, you know, being picked on, you know, I know what it's like being chastised. You know, I was like, like I have like a uh, pervasive developmental delay. It's kind of like mild autism, you can say. Okay. And I know what it's like. So, you know, like when I get that black belt and like I see people, like when I see, like I have like guys that I work with whose kids are like on the spectrum, like, and they tell yeah. me like, you know, like so nice you know like i really want to get my kid that means a lot to me for sure and that's why i want to be a black belt it's not to like have like a like a, like an attractive girlfriend or show like i'm all about that showtime life it's about yeah. giving back that's at the end of the day me. you're not wearing it all the time no you know this is who we are now yeah but the black belt comes out of you the way you talk the way you are the way you you handle situations i've gotten in situations where i could have got my ass destroyed but the way my mentality is my, my black belt my status inside got me out of it because it's the way you become. In Kyukshin, your black belt, it's not about, yeah, you broke this many boards, you fought this many guys. No, it's how you developed as a white belt to there, you understand? So if you develop the right way, like most of my guys, they, 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 I can call anyone, anyone of my black belts, I have an issue. Where are you, Sensei? What's going on? We're gonna come. They're there, 100%. Vice versa. 
You know, we get together, we go out, just the boys sometimes, have a good time. But no trouble, none. Because they're responsible, they became men and women, you know, at a young age. So becoming a black belt, it doesn't mean where you've, where, what you fought, who you'd know. It's who you are. It's in you, it's in your heart. So a lot of my guys have the black belt around their heart, not around their waist. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a big problem with that too. Like I remember in my old school, like when I was uh, struggling with uh, the katas for my orange cue, and one of the black belts. So I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't give names, you know, because they they don't deserve that attention. But they told me they're like, all right, he's like, hey, he's like, tu retard dans la tête un peu? I'm like, what? He's like, tu retard dans la tête un peu? Which is like, are you a bit retarded in the head? And I'm like. Like, why are you saying that? And you're a black belt. Why are you getting so impatient with me for that's not. That's not it. That's not yeah. right. That's that's somebody who is just wearing a black belt, you know, for status. Yeah, he told, you know? he told me, he's like, you don't know this piano? He's like, you're going to fail your blue belt test. And it's like, why are you saying that to a student for? Like, think of all the time and money they're taking out their day just to, like, get better with themselves. And you're yeah. like... You, you have to be... You have to, you, have to be, you have to understand that, you know? A, a black belt's job to teach somebody, it's not if they can't handle it, then they're not the kind, of, they're the kind of person I can teach. No. You as a teacher, you have to find a way to make them understand it. I had an instructor that I got rid of one time because, yeah, you know what, if these kids can't handle it, I, I don't have the time to teach them. It's not, no. right. Your job as a sensei is to find a way. I've got kids who have a hard time understanding, but I keep plugging away until they get it. I'll find different methods until they get it. That's my job. It's not about, it's not about, uh, oh, you think you can't handle it, you know what, it's not for you. Kyukshin is for everybody. I don't care what they say. Doesn't it's discriminate. Not, it's for everybody. As long as you find the right teacher who knows how to teach it to you. That's it. So you also work at Bell. From what I heard, you're an HR manager and you run a dojo. Everyone wants to have that passion project of yeah. where they want to own. But then, you know, they go bankrupt. You know, they say like 80%, I don't know the statistic, like 80% of startups like fall, up, fall apart after one year. But you found like that perfect matrix to like yeah. have that and then do this. What is it like so people can know when if they want to follow that model? Listen, my days starting off to today, so we're talking 17 years, hasn't changed much. My days start at five in the morning, sorry, six in the morning, and they fin they, I go to bed around 12.30 midnight every night, okay? If you wanna do, have a day job and own a dojo, you gotta be willing to sacrifice time, sleep, life, okay? It's not a one-man show. I got married uh, 15 years ago, so my wife is a big part of why this dojo is running as good as it is, okay? So just give you an idea, she teaches my black belt, my, 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 my students also. Um, so I'll give you a, a day of my life, what it was like back then and what it is today. So I used to, I work at Bell. I'm in the payroll department. Back then I had a dojo in the YMCA. I had five days a week that I could teach. Sometimes on Saturdays. So imagine this, I wake up at six in the morning, I go to Bell, I do my job, boom, 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 boom. Four o'clock, I rush home, I change, I rush to the dojo. I teach my privates up until eight o'clock. Uh, yes, then I would come home have my supper, nine, 10 o'clock, I'd go to bed. This is back then. Also, on Saturday mornings, I would be at Bell, working from seven in the morning till noon. I would be changing while I'm working, changing into my dogie on the phone, changing my dogie, hang up the phone. My lunch hour was an hour and a half, because I would, I would join my first breaks and my second break together and have an hour lunch. So I had an hour and a half to go teach my class in the West Island. I was uh, working at, at Rockland. I would change while I'm working, in my dogie, in my car, fly to the West Island, my students were already lined up in the, in, the, in, the, in the dojo. I would walk in, oh, so hey, do the class, pa, 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 pa. Oh, so bow out, jump in my car, rush back to work to finish my lunch hour, get back on the phone, and change into my jeans as I was working. I did that for six years. 
that routine you just it's that muscle memory it's like that too for me like i wake up at five in the morning to do because with time change they don't have it in china so i teach english online as i was telling you before recording yeah and usually when the clocks move forward i do 6 30 to 8 30 very part-time work but i wake up at 5 a.m you know do my stretching that's it do my uh like my push-ups like my core like my planks and then when it's the time change when we have to teach at 5 30 when i teach 5 30 to 7 30 yeah simple like i do my uh stretching push-up plank teach and then go right to the gym and then i go right yeah. to work at the end of the day what it is basically is you have to sacrifice your sleep because i mean listen now my days today i got married i got a little girl now so that adds the pressure okay so now my wife thank god for her she handles the household chores she handles my daughter she handles the lunches she had she's a dietitian so she makes sure my, my nutrition is on 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 key she does all the challenges for the dojo she does all the paperwork at the dojo. By myself, would I be able? I don't know. So it's a two-man job. My wife, I would say 95% of everything that's run here is done by her. I teach. I come in the mornings, I do my classes. I come at nighttime, I do my classes. She'll have to teach some of the classes, but the rest of it is all her. I would say, I'm like the wizard, Wizard of Oz. I'm the one that you see in the front. <laughs> She's the one in the back doing all the pulling and all the, Dang. a lot of guys don't know this, but it's, it's a must. So before it was easy, I had no, I had no kids. So it's training, 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 go home, rest. Now you can't do that. Now you go home, your daughter wants to hang out. She wants to play. You gotta find that energy, okay, let's go to the park. Okay, let's do this, let's do that. You got a house to take care of, you got a job, you've got a dojo to take care of, you got tournaments coming up, you got promotions to do. So if you're willing to sacrifice all of that to run a dojo and a business, fine. If you're not, then you gotta pick. A lot of guys, they work at day jobs and then they can't handle it, they just do their dojo. I tell my guys all the time, my dojo is not my job, it's my passion. When this becomes a job, it ruins it. Exactly, because I'm not, I don't do this for the money. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I have 6,000 square feet almost. Well, 4,600 square feet, that's a ton of rent on this. So all of my money goes into this. At the YMC, I had a little 500 square foot thing, and I made money. Today, I said my members need a bigger place. So yeah, I found something 4,600 square feet. You saw what it looks like. I'd rather put money in there and have my members be comfortable and have everything they need than have a small place for money. A lot of guys, they, they train, they wanna do it for the money. If you, when you start doing it for the money, it's not gonna work. Do it for your passion and money will come. Yeah, I mean- Work the other way around. Don't work for the money. Work for your dojo, work to build, build, build. Build it slowly, baby steps. Don't go big, one shot. A lot of guys, okay, I wanna put money. Don't do that. Slowly, slowly, slowly get bigger and bigger. And now I'm at the place where it's a machine on its own. But thanks to my, my wife is a big, big, big reason why it's working. Yeah, there's like, I mean, like for me, like when I tell people, like like some of my, my parents are like, what do you want to do with your life? I have a degree, and you know, I'm like, you know, I want to like run my own JoJo, get my personal training. You can do all of that. Yeah, but then they're like, they're like, well, you know, maybe, and I'm like, you know what, it's like, I'm going to do what makes me happy. And, you At know, the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, I don't want to give my whole life plan, but like, you know, I've, I've approached Simone, I said, I want to work with you, not as a student, but like help you yeah, like build. Why not? You can do it. Yeah, I mean, like I'm willing, like, to invest like with him eventually you know like you know we have our like we have our i don't want to say there's a timeline but you know we're going to take our time with this you know yeah. it's a passion project and you know my, i'm going to do what you did like you know get that day job with the benefits you want to have exactly the benefits it. you know what i got 10 years of bell left once i retire this is all i'm doing day in day out but do it the smart way that's what you're thinking now is the exact right way to do it. do it with benefits get that 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 base that 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 solid base so that no matter what happens you've got that a lot of guys say, no, 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 I'm jumping in head first. No, don't do that. That's a mistake. This is the reason why my dojo is as successful as it is. Slow, we were, I was with Orders Grant at one point, we had a gym together. 
We got bigger and bigger. Then I left there because I need my own space. Now I got my own space. And now there's new projects coming up where I want to go even bigger. But slowly, I don't care about if I'm not making money, but I'm running a dojo. I'm, I'm, I got fighters. I'm training. I'm in good shape. I'm in better shape now than I was when I'm in my 20s. You understand? Slowly, slowly, you will. At the end of the day, Andrew, you can get anything you want if your mind's in the right place. Yeah. And if your mind's in the right place, you will get anything you I tell my daughter all the time do everything possible, but work every day a little bit of time at what you want to get to. A little bit. Every day, what do I do today to get there? A little, little bit. Next thing you know, you get closer and closer, and now you're here. Are you big into journaling and writing your goals down every day? Because I try to do that every morning before my teaching. I try to write, like, what my day is going to look like, what I have to do. But then I put, like, my short-term goals, my medium-term goals, and my long-term goals. So, like, just to give you, like, a template, short-term goals. Get my brown belt in 2020. Save up for my first car by the... A by vision the, board. The vision, not a vision board, in my journal. I don't my daughter has a vision board. Okay. Okay, and my wife has a vision board up here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she, it's actually her who got me into this about the vision board visualizing what you want to do where you want to be and that works that actually works you write it down I envision it's different it's the same thing at the end of the day but yeah absolutely do that write it down and mark it this is where I want to go this is what I want to do and keep plugging away every Andrew if I can give you any advice never say so oh, you know what it's not going to happen because just when you think it's not going to happen that's when it's going to happen and anything you do in life guaranteed a lot of people they, they get there oh, you know I quit it was just there you just quit just before it happened. When you think it's not gonna happen, that, you know how many times I almost lost my dojo? But, because you know, rent, this and that. But me and my wife said, no, fuck that, I'm not gonna like, go down like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down fighting. And we, we never quit. You don't quit, you do not quit. Okay, watch a documentary, uh, The Iron Cowboy. Go watch that on Netflix. Watch that and then call me and let me know what you think of it. Uh, definitely. That is going to change everything on how you train. You know what? Everything. There's also that. There's David Goggins too, as we've seen. Yeah. Like David Goggins is like my kind of guy because, you know, he's learning disabled. Yeah. He was fat. He was overweight. And then, you know, look how he changed his circumstances. Like it's a bit extreme. Yeah. But you could take something away from it that it's like when you like – because like we're all dealt shitty hands. Like I was dealt the shitty hand. You know, I was like diagnosed with like mild autism spectrum yeah. disorder. Uh, you know, you can name it. But, you know, like I was able to finally in my 20s – the pieces or the tools are there. You just got to figure out which tool to use to get to that next step, basically. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, you know, so I want to ask you, I know this is something I want to conclude with because, you know, it's already gone beyond 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It happens. And you I know. got my clients waiting yeah. for me, so it's fine. Um, I want to ask you, you know, so it's what I do with every guest. You know, I know you're out of the, you're kind of out of MMA in terms of watching it. Yeah. Let's say you're Dana White and you have the chance to make the co-main and main event of the century. What would your dream matchup be? Could Inclusion? Be it could be with Kyokushin, it could be MMA, you know, you, you have the chance to really be flexible. In Kyokushin, I'll tell you honestly, there's a couple of guys who I'd love to see go head to head. And I mean, you might know already who I am thinking about. Listen, Mo, I'm a big fan of Mo because I, I, I love his style of fighting. I love, I love how he does his power. I love everything about him. I also know Mick Cordero, who's also a solid, solid upcome. Mick Cordero is, is one guy who's very quiet and People don't know what he's all about. He's very, very, but he is one solid. He's one guy that I fought here a couple times for his passage. I hit him with everything I had. He didn't move. Like, I, I'm, when I say that did not move, he stood there like I wasn't even hitting him. Okay? That, I think, in, in the Kyushin world, that would be one fight that I would love to see. And I would, I would, I'd pay to watch that. I would pay to watch that. Uh, in the MMA world, a fight that I would love to see. Um, I would love to see George St. Pierre fight uh, Conor McGregor. I don't know about what would happen now. You know, George's a little older. Uh, but just to see, 
I think that fight would tell me who the best fight in the world would be. I think. Me personally. Those are, those are two guys I'd love to see. But in the Cushion world, I'd love to see Momoa. I love him like a brother. And Mick Cordero also is just a, he's like a brother to me. These are two guys who I love to death. Would never want to see anything bad happen to them. But these are two guys I'd love to see fight. Because I don't think they've ever been head to head. I don't know. No? But I'd like to see, for me, it's in the Kyokushin world now that you give me, it has to be Mo versus one of the Russians coming in. Because, you know, Mo's fought what there is in Canada and the true. U.S. True, true, I true. I want to see him fight, like, a Russian in Canada. And in the MMA world, I'd love to see John Jones versus... I would have to say go up to heavyweight and fight mm-hmm. Stipe or Francis. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's what I want to see that's now. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. So that, so that would have to conclude it for Beyond the Fight. So once again, Sensei Jr., thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you so much. And Anytime at all. I love this. this is enjoy, I enjoyed this. Good. And I, I wanted this. to give a shout out to Mo Chick and uh, Sandro Ferrante for help making this happen. This podcast, especially this episode, wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for their help. So if, you, if anyone wants to follow Jr., where do they find you on Instagram? Uh, on Instagram, it's at Russo Dojo. Uh, on Facebook, Russo Dojo uh, page also. And uh, those are two places that I think you could find me. Yeah, you'll see a lot of pictures of my daughter Valentina there. She's uh, Just look at Valentina and you'll see her face everywhere. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that should be all. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode.